You're listening to TJ Talks. Welcome to TJ Talks. I'm your host, Judd, and with me, as always, is Teresa. Hello, Judd. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Good day. Man, it, it, I can't believe it's Wednesday. We're back on track. It's back. This is our second Wednesday. Not missing it. got a it. streak. Two weeks in a row. <laughs> Man, <laughs> someone ought to pay for us to do this at some point. <laughs> are you kidding? I would love that. That would be awesome. <laughs> Well, we'll have to start advertising so we can get more listeners. And once Something. we once we get that big listener number, we'll be good to go. I feel like I should pay you to do this. You're the one who does all the heavy lifting, the intros, the outros, the editing, the posting. Uh, it's not really a big deal. All I do is lend my face for radio. That's it. <laughs> Man, if if they only knew, they could watch us on Skype. That's true. Anytime. We're here. Yeah. We are. Well, anyways, we've got a great show lined up, and there's a bunch of things to talk about. One is we have a little bit of uh, face, Facebook talk because uh, a friend, a high school friend of, of many of us, Joel Johns, passed away. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. And then we're going to talk about a speech contest that I was in for Toastmasters and also that Teresa's in a speech contest as well, mm-hmm. which is great. We are going to talk a book review, a multiple book review, because uh, we we do like books, unfortunately or fortunately. These are, you know, interesting books. Interesting books. Yes, that's a good way to put it. And in lieu of any other book review, we, ha- we had to review something, so that's, that's we went with it. That we did. So, <laughs> and then finally, we're going to talk about an article that's in Psychology Today called The Squeaky Wheel. So with that, let's get right into it, and let's talk a little bit about what's going on. And maybe, do you know a lot about what's going on with that? You know, with Jill, I know her services this weekend, and uh, that was posted graciously by a mutual friend of ours on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And I I do only know that she's survived by a, I believe, a 14-year-old son Mm -hmm. and her partner. So obviously, it's tragic and and. Very unexpected, her death, which is really sad. I, I knew Jill. We went to elementary school together from second grade on. So I've known her for a long time. So it's very, very sad. And I um, don't know that I'll be able to attend the funeral service Saturday. I may have uh, another funeral to go to for another friend who recently lost her brother-in-law. So I'm not sure how that's all going to play out. But um, it is local here in, in Ontario. Wow. Now, were I, you Facebook friends with Jill? Yes, I, okay. I, 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 and you know, and that, that's kind of interesting about that is because now here's a Facebook account that a lot of people are posting heavily to right now. If you go visit her, her page, you'll, mm-hmm. you'll see lots of condolences and, you know, we're going to miss you and people are heartbroken. And we, I mean, it, it, it hurts to lose somebody in, you know, she's 41, 42 years old. Yeah, and just way too young. Yes. And, and as I understand it, she had some sort of respiratory thing that, that happened. That's in, my understanding. In, in, yeah, I don't know all the details, like but an, I believe pneumonia infection. or something. Yeah. Yes, exactly. You know, so. Um, you so know. anybody from Montclair High School that listens to this show, if you know, if you hear this before yeah. Saturday, the 26th, you may try to reach out to her. Or her family. I do think it's, family. or her family. Yes. Yeah. And I think that information is posted in several different places on Facebook. And I, 
I think that's an interesting phenomenon now that, you know, people's Facebook pages are are being contributed to after their death. I, I don't know. I, I guess it's a nice thing and people are trying to do the right thing. So but it is kind of strange. It's sort of like those little roadside memorials. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it lives in perpetuity. I have no reason to unfriend her ever. Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. Yeah. Know, and so, I mean, I would just say, you know what? I would leave her as a friend. I mean, unless I closed my Facebook account, that would be the only reason for that. Right. The, it'll for, always be there. It'll yeah, always be it'll there. Be a connection. You know, who's the, who's that? Well, she's a girl I went to high school that passed yeah. away some time ago and, you know. Yeah. You know. Well, yeah, there is a there is an interesting phenomenon. What happens to your Twitter account? Or what happens to your Facebook page when you're not there? Um, I'd be curious to know what if people make plans for that. I mean, is Facebook going to shut it down? And would maybe the person who, I mean, the person who's her significant other, would can they get access to it? Right, right. I mean, like there might be photos that she may have on there that are private, but I would think that her other person would have access to that. Although I, there's a way in Facebook, if for your own account, I don't know if you know this, but you do, that you can actually download every single posting and everything that you've done in Facebook other than right. I, I think the games you can't, but like right. every, every status update, every photo, every link that you've put up, all that kind of stuff. And it'll put it in a big old file for you. You can download it if that's something you wanted to do. That'd be kind of a neat idea to have, you know, maybe a yearly retrospective. What was my year in status reports like? Yeah. That could be fun. It could be a little crazy too. It kind of like sometimes a, I look at things that I post and I'm like, why did I put that there? But whatever, you know, it's all in fun and and in jest generally. So I don't usually have anything on Facebook that I regret terribly. Right. <laughs> we save that. Some for, of the photos I'm tagged in, I might, but we, I. <laughs> we we save all that for Twitter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what Twitter's for, and I know that's terrible, but I definitely have the raw rawer side of things on Twitter. So yeah. Well, my handle on Twitter is you know. Uh, super dude eight eight four five seven two four nine ton whatever no <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly I, I'm so anonymous on there <laughs> yeah yeah I feel more anonymous on Twitter which is fine I have you know four people that I know see things so that's about it yeah. but yeah well it is a tragedy for Jill and her family and and we'll be thinking of her on Saturday and her family as well uh, absolutely and from what I understand that uh, you can send condolences to Pat and John's or Bill and Pat John's 1320 Magnolia Avenue, Ontario, California, 91762. And the services for Jill Lynn John's will be Saturday, March 26th, uh, 2011 at uh, 1 PM at Draper Mortuary at 811 North Mountain Avenue, Ontario, California. There will be no viewing. Right. So that's what I have seen here uh, on the on Jill John's page. Someone has posted that. Nice. So, okay. All right. Well, let's move on to something that's a little more light. Absolutely. And pleasant, although it's not light in the preparation and stress factor for you, I'm sure. <sighs> yeah. But are you finally? Well, I don't want to. I don't want to say anymore. I want. I want to hear because you haven't told me. Okay. I want to hear from start to finish how you got in this contest. How you prepared for this contest, how you felt about the contest, how the contest went, who was your competition, who was in the audience, how did you fare? I want to hear it all. 
Okay, here's the and deal. And you have six minutes. Uh, I, I, I have six, that's right, five to seven minutes. <laughs> five Go. to seven minutes. Go. Okay, great. So the story is, at my club, I have my my best buddy. He's, he is one of my best friends. His name's Bill Bender. He mm-hmm. is uh, my educational vice president. We swap a lot of times back and forth between who's the president. Like last year, he was the president. This year, I'm the president. That sort of thing. Okay. So he was the only person that would gave a speech at the club contest, but turns out he couldn't go to the area contest. So when the number one person can't go, either you don't submit anybody or you let your backup go. The first runner up will complete the duties. That's, that's <laughs> the right. finalist is not able to, right? Okay. And, and no kidding. I, I, I said, you know what? I will represent. And I, that, I, that was two weeks before the contest, something like mm-hmm. two weeks before the contest. And I really w- hadn't even thought about it. I was like, I'll come up with something. Sure. I, and, I, and I was planning on doing, like, I was going to take one of my Aesop's fables and do the deal. And I was playing. Uh-huh. I had all these ideas in my mind. So then I go, like, two or three days before the contest. And I'm, like, freaking out, going, I haven't written the speech. I haven't practiced. I haven't done anything yet. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So I post on Facebook. And I said... Help. <laughs> help. Yes. I said, help. Give me some topics. So in true friend fashion, I had a number of friends who were, uh, shall we say, sarcastic at best. <laughs> yeah, not helpful. No, well, it was, they were funny. But, but it was fun. Yeah, no, it was all good. But yeah. Except for one person who took the moment and wrote a nice serious topic idea, which I completely stole. <laughs> yes. And, and good that you did. It was a great idea. And that was Darcy uh, that gave that particular uh, idea, which was yeah. to, to talk about risk, people who take risks and how they feel if they don't take risks. I did wasn't able to do her uh, idea in total, but as I mel- uh, meld this speech for the next level, I'm certain that I will get a little closer to what her idea was. Mm-hmm. But so I took this speech and I created using the standard five paragraph essay format that is perfect for speeches, created a good intro that captured my audience. And then I gave them three things, which were rationales for taking risk. And then I wrapped it up and I memorized the intro completely and then I had my ideas and I had practiced the speech. This is only a day or two before the contest, mm-hmm. but I did it like seven times and I used my computer and videoed myself doing it. And then I watched myself do it and then I would go back and forth. So that's how I practiced to get ready. That's a good idea. I'll have to try that. Cause it's nice to have that. So, so to speak, a mirror, video mirror, or whatever, an audio mirror that you can sort of hear it back. Oh, yeah. And you can watch yourself as well because you have to do all this stuff yeah, with your hands. Yeah, you're moving hands. and you're using your hands and you're trying to be expressive, but you're not trying to be over the top. And yes, so it's, that's a good idea. Like I watched myself in the video and I could see that I was pacing side to side a lot. I was doing that. Right. And, and then eventually I got online with my friend Bill Bender because he had a class that he had to go to. That's why he couldn't go. Okay. So, but he was free like 10 o'clock at night, the night before the contest. And he 
turned on his Google video and we did a Google video similar to Skype, just like this. Sure. And I stood up here just like what you're seeing and I gave the speech and he came back with some great comments on how I could make it even better. I love that. That's good to get that feedback. You're brave. I've only practiced my speeches in front of my family. And uh-huh. of course they always have positive things to say, which is very nice. But um, feedback is difficult a because they're not involved and they don't know the Toastmasters shtick. So that's oh, yeah. kind of, you know, hard for them to comment on. And B, I, you know, I, I think they don't want to offend or hurt me, which they wouldn't by giving me any sort of pointers or comebacks. So it's nice to have somebody in the group that you can really bounce things off of and know that he's not judging. He's just listening with an open ear and can give you good ideas. Uh, and I want it. I want it yeah. to hear it all. We need it. Otherwise, yeah. you you need the criticism and the critiquing yeah. just as much as you need the compliments because that's how you grow. So, so then it's like getting ready. I'm nerved up because I felt like I only spent two days preparing for this and I'm, and and I'm giving my speech in the car, driving up to the contest. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yes. Have you slept with your speech under your pillow? I did that on Friday or Thursday night. I'm like, I'll put this under my pillow. I haven't done this in high school. Yeah. (laughs) So, so then I get up there and I'm ready. I'm, ready to go i think but i'm like man i wish i had a chance to just say my whole speech one more time but i didn't and then i realized who my competition is and it's a gentleman who is a medium a psychic oh interesting okay yes and and he so and he's he's well spoken because he's just versed in being able to just gab yes He's he has a little church thing going on, you know, five hundred one three C, right? Yes, yes. So he's tax exempt yes. and his ability to be a psychic. Okay, right. So he's got this whole thing going on in his life, and I don't know why he's in Toastmasters. It's weird. Well, I think I don't know why I'm in Toastmasters, so I guess that's probably part of it. <laughs> well, but yeah, but think about the confidence that you get. Oh, yeah. I mean, no, the, I get it. Yeah. All, all the stuff. But I, I guess the thing is, is that this guy gives speeches to his flock regularly. If right. he has a congregation, yeah. you wouldn't you would think that's what you're doing. That's, right. So why would you join Toastmasters? Is there right. some he gets out and public speaks enough on his own for work, let alone, right. you know, in his one on ones with with his clients or whatever. So right. interesting. It, it, and he was your only competition. There was only one other person. No, no there was another person. There okay. was a lady and she was, and she was giving a speech on uh, stem cell research. Oh, okay. Just that we need to do stem cell research and that'll stimulate the economy and that sort of thing. Oh, all right. The other guy said, told everybody that you should invest in foreign currency because specifically Iraq because the, uh, as oil comes up in production in that country, it'll be worth more money, and you can actually get their hard currency. And so he like he took this money. He had like $10,000 worth of Iraqi currency and waved it up in front of everybody. See this money? This is Iraqi currency. It's worth $10,000, you know? And then he took a, like a stack of ones, like 25, 30 ones, and he threw uh-huh. them up. He goes, see this money? It isn't worth anything. And he threw it up in the air. So he had all these ones flying all over the place. Nice. Okay. Good With, visual. Good visual. But, you know, yeah. I, I think that he – it was such a – it was a concept that only a person who had a lot of money could do. 
Right. So it didn't really, it wasn't real to people. I don't got $10,000 to go buy and wait out the economy. And and I've only heard that investing in foreign currency, specifically Iraqi currency, which is kind of a trend right now, is yeah. the worst investment you can make. So, I yeah, that's interesting. I don't know that I would get my investment advice from a Toastmaster. But, hey, or more psych- Or a psychic. Or a psychic, yes, exactly. <laughs> it's that whole, if you're so psychic, why don't you know what the lottery numbers are thing, right? Right. Yeah. So, so then okay. – so so that Je- was interesting competition. So then Jeb gives a speech on taking risks, which basically – talks to all of the stuff that this guy talked about in like one minute. Okay. (laughs) It was like, I answered his speech in one minute. It was great. It was like, and and I did. And that was the one thing I did in the speech that was just really weird because even though a lot of what you do when you're giving a speech of this nature, this is an international speech. So it's supposed to be kind of either informative, inspirational, or, motivational. Those are kind of the, they don't have to be any of those things, but that's generally what wins. Okay. And so I chose to be kind of inspirational to Mm -hmm. inspire people to take risks. That's my, my idea. And I talked, the first thing was profit. And I just said, you know, some people want to take a risk with profit, just like the guy who gave the speech earlier about investing in foreign currency. It's a risk, and you have to check your gut to say whether you're going to do that or not. Yeah. And that was the end of that, and his speech was over. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you nailed his coffin. I did. I was like, boom, (laughs) done. Good for you. Good for you. And so, um, and and I I don't really feel bad because I didn't steal his, I, I don't think I stole his thunder that much. Well, it, and it would have been completely unplanned. You didn't know what his topic was going to be, right? No, you no, didn't know what yours was. That's right. It just meant that I listened to what he had to say. I didn't, okay. you know, I was just, and I've seen it done before in contests as well, but I, I've never, it was almost like I was inspired to go and grab his material. <laughs> it was like, it was like, it, it was like something just took me over. Yeah. Oh! Like you had a club and you had to beat his topic to death. <laughs> I, I did. Okay. I did. So, so anyway, so I, I won. I it was like, and I didn't think I was going to win. I thought the guy was just going to baffle everybody with the, with bullshit. And... The raining down of the $1 bills. You thought that was going to persuasively uh, oh, yeah. move the audience. Now who votes just the judges or does the audience have a say? No, it's the judges that, and, and, the you're, judges. and you're not allowed to know who the judges are. Oh, are, so they're not sitting on a table that you would know well, that they're judging. They're supposed to hide their ballots and stuff. Yeah, people in a small contest could know. I actually, I mean, I know who everybody who was there, and I have an idea who voted, but it, okay. it doesn't matter. But I, I know it wasn't a favoritism thing because. I, oh, I'm sure it was. I mean, I'm sure it was just based on the content of the speeches. From what I understand about yeah. the judging, there's yeah. a very subjective way to judge, and and Obje- which makes it easier. Yeah, you have a form. I mean, objective way, excuse me, yeah, not yeah. subjective, objective yes. way to judge. Right. That makes it easier because I have found that's one of my hardest things about Toastmasters is judging and voting for people well, the, and doing that well. They ha- there's a form and it's broken up into different th- parts and you get per- mm-hmm. a percentage for each thing. Like how your appearance is like 20% of your speech. Oh, okay. And and you need to look at that, especially. And, and that brings up another thing. Teresa is going to be a contest contestant at the area contest coming up when April 16th area area in April. Yeah. That's way late. Is it? 
Yeah. I don't know. That's the date they gave me. I hope it's the right date. I'm going to show up and hopefully there'll be somebody there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. You, you might want to check that, but okay. Well, okay. I, yeah. April 6th. That's like three weeks. Okay. Well, anyway, so at the area, she's going to be competing against five to six other clubs, their winners of their contests in impromptu speaking. So what that means is they're going to give her a topic such as my superpowers are my superpowers are Teresa. And then Teresa will stand up there and give one to two minutes and talk about her superpowers. Yes. I will wax eloquently for two minutes about something. So that's right. So I guess I should sort of prepare myself on some of those gimme kind of topics. Do you think they're going to have any of those? How does that work? No, there's only one topic given for everybody. Right. But I'm saying it could be one of those, like you, we talked about the, you know, what's your best day or what's oh, right. your superpower. It's like, maybe I should find 25 of those general topics that they've used and see if there's a way to prepare. Actually, I guess I shouldn't prepare. I'll just do what I'm supposed to do when I get a- there. Actually, if you want, we can do that where I'll throw out a whole bunch of those topics to you whenever you have a time before the contest and that way you can think in terms of those general open-ended questions. Sometimes it's the harder questions that are easier to answer because they're so much more involved. When, mm-hmm. when you're asked, like, how's your day going? How many words can you fill in how's your day going? Right, oh, right. It's going okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> Done. And I still have a minute and 45 seconds left. <laughs> exactly. So you have to figure out how to fill in the rest of the gaps. And my understanding is, is that the table topic format, everyone who's competing is in a back room mm-hmm. and that you draw a number out of a hat to determine your order. Right. And then you just go out of the room and get the topic. So you don't get to hear anybody else. You don't get to have any other external stimulation that would prompt you to speak anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's all very, very just you get the one shot. That's it. That's right. Okay. Because, you know, in the meeting, you have a little bit of time if if a table topic topic or a theme is out there, you can kind of prepare thoughts in your brain about what what the next question might be or how you might respond to it. But without any of that, I'm I'm nervous. I'm definitely nervous. Yeah, and you're you know, in a room with depending on how big your area and how many people show up, you know, you can have 30, 40 people in the room and then you you know, you have this extra large it seems like at these contests there's more space up at the front where the lectern is. Right, right. But you don't want to stand behind the lectern, by the way. You want to stand out in front of everybody. And move around, and right? And move, move around just a little bit, and you do, you're going to kind of, like, look at somebody, give some good eye contact. All right. You know, give them the old... Well, it'll be a good experience for competing, that's for darn sure, and I'm I'm definitely uh, excited to, to get it going on. So, yes. And so then if you win at the next level, then you'll go to the division like I'm going to the division. And then, if, and then if you went at the division, you go to the district, which is like probably half the state of California. Okay. And then if you went at the district, then you go to international. Okay. And I think that their interna- the international convention this year is in Las Vegas. Okay. So then everybody goes to Vegas to party and 
give speeches. That would be fun. So I if know. you win and I win and we keep winning, we'll go to Vegas. That's right. We'll, we'll both Excellent. see each other in Vegas. <laughs> on, on, sta- on stage in Vegas. That's right. <laughs> so, we, so we have to mono win. Mono a mono versus instant <gasps> contest. <gasps> <gasps> different, different contests, though. But well, it, congratulations to yeah, you. Thanks. That's a huge thing. I, I totally felt your angst all morning. I was waiting to hear how it was going for you. And I was really, I mean, obviously proud of you. I think it's great and, and good for you. Uh, you know, the fun that you get out of the nerves is the part that I like. And it's a weird tension that leads to happiness. So it's not a bad thing. So I hope you get that too. Thanks. I, I'm excited. And I have a crack team of Toastmasters who are in my wings that are going to help me, excuse me, hone this. And, yes. And I will be giving it probably... Ten more times long before I show up at the division with a very smoothed out speech that's going to knock him dead. And you couldn't change your speech if you wanted to, right? You were going to have to give – you have to give the same one? No. Oh, you could change I, it. You can change oh. it. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, the idea is that you're going to – I'm going to give basically the same speech. It will be tweaked and honed, but you, you, don't, you don't take a speech that won. Throw it and the, change it. And change yeah, it. exactly. Now, I didn't know if they would allow you to reuse it or if there would be any sort of thing when, that would make them not. Now, when, when you go to the next level up, then you do have to, uh, or not the next level, the uh, international speech is not going to be the same speech you gave at all the other places. You have, right. to, you have to give another speech. Okay. That's what I've been told. So. Well, now, do you keep all your speeches? No. But no, I, I don't generally write speeches. I generally write outlines, and then I fill in the stuff like a table topic. Oh, okay. All Which, right. But now I've kind of – with this, I've had to memorize a lot of the speech. Yes. Or at least a lot of the, the thoughts of the speech. Right. Yeah. And you won a nice trophy, right? I did. A nice flag. You saw that? I saw the picture of it. I think you should put it on the, the website. I will. It's really cool. Woo-hoo. It's a really big deal. I will. I will put it on the, uh, yeah. the website. We, we have our Toastmaster Award section of the website. So yep. You should put it on there. It will be there. Good. Good job, Judd. That's Thanks. very exciting. Thanks. Okay. Let's hope we'll be celebrating my victory. <laughs> we will. We will. And you'll or have at to least tell my survival. <laughs> you'll, you'll have. You will definitely be telling us about that. Okay. Yeah. So, so let's move on and let's. We, we have a, some book reviews to go over. It's book review time on TJ Talks. All right. I feel like we should have, I don't know, the noise of a typewriter in the background or something. It's, you know, we talk about books. but I, I will work that up. Well, you know, one of our New Year's resolutions was to read more. <laughs> so, so, but the books that we choose to read aren't always, you know, the most highbrow. But there were two books that actually came out, um, I believe, in the spring of last year. That had the same theme, but they were told by different people in two different perspectives. And they were all about uh, people in committed marital relationships who decided to have more a more amorous relationship with one another and what, what they would go through and what they would accomplish in a certain amount of time in specifically having sex or being sexually um, active for a certain amount of time. One woman for her husband's uh, 40th birthday, decided that she would give him 365 days of sex. And that for a whole year, every single day, they would be intimate. Now, barring any, you know, travel or whatever, people are away, you can only do what you can do. But for this year, they were intimate with one another every single day. 
So, um, and what it did to their relationship and what it did for their marriage and, and what it did to their social uh, re- enactment or, or whatever I'm trying to say, their social group where people are like, why are you doing that? That's crazy. That can't be done. And, but yet they did it. And it was pretty nice actually. Really? Yes. This is kind of like Julie, Julia, Julie and Julia. <laughs> right. Where they're living out. She's cooking every uh, thing in the, in the did, did, did she, yes. did she blog her, her sex life? <laughs> yes. I'm pretty sure there was a blog that goes, her name is Sharla Muller. Uh-huh. And um, she had an assistant writer, Betsy Thorpe, and it's called 365 nights, a memoir of intimacy. Charlotte had a wonderful marriage. There was only one thing missing, and she decided to change that. So in this book, it was her decision to gift this year of sex and romance to her husband. Wow. And, of course, he didn't want to turn that down, so it was a pretty good deal. And then the other book I read um, is called Just Do It, and it's not a book about Nike. It's a book about <laughs> how one couple turned off their TV and turned on their sex life for 101 days. No excuses. And this is days. the book uh, that was written by a guy. His name is Douglas Brown. And, and for 101 days, they had to have sexual contact. And I believe in his, in this book, I'm trying to remember, I'm trying not to confuse the two, that whatever, they would deem sexual contact, maybe not full intercourse, but if they had some sort of intimacy that day, they would deem that acceptable. Oh, so, uh-huh. but I think it pretty much turned into intercourse daily for 101 days. So, so the thing about this book and the thing that this always prompts, you know, there's the age old adage for married people that, you know, once, once you're married, then you don't have to be sexual anymore. And, and that's a topic that I think a lot of people are afraid to talk about, especially women, because women have attitudes about that that they feel probably are, it's a little taboo to talk about it. And, and just in general, that both of the outcomes of this book that I found interesting and inspiring is that once these couples started getting together on a daily basis, whether they wanted it or not, it built a cohesion for their relationship and intimacy that was larger than they had expected, a desire to be together, a desire to work out their day-to-day nitpicky problems better because they knew they were going to have to get together later that night. So we better not argue today because it's going to make it harder because I got to do this. So I just like that the attitude that it really did fix things for their marriage and didn't create strain and didn't create stress and didn't create tension or withholding or any of those weird things that sometimes people do in relationships with, with sex. Uh, it was really interesting. And, and having the male perspective and the female perspective was insightful. It was good to have. And of course they have to add things to their life to try to spice things up, be it, you know, uh, massage, porn, whatever, you name it. They experiment with all kinds of things and they're open. And I like that. I think people in relationships should be open to those kinds of things. Mm. So good books. I would highly recommend them. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> Did you want to talk about the other books? That's I, I, I don't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, so randomly, Jed and I are old married people. We've been married, not to each other, but been married for a long time. And when we started talking about these books and, and relationship books in general, we both laughed because we both in our relationships own a book that came out about, I think it's about 15 years ago. Oh, it's got to be. 101 Nights of Great Sex. And this book... <laughs> has a hundred different envelopes in it. Maybe you all have heard of it. It's by Laura Korn. And she's a, she's actually a fell known, a fairly well-known sex therapist. I think she used to be on the radio here in Los Angeles. A lot. Oh, did she? Um, 
it's a book. It's got a hundred envelopes in it, and fifty of the envelopes are for guys, and fifty of the envelopes are for girls. So you would pick an envelope out, and and inside the envelope is like a little task or an endeavor or whatever that would lead you to hopefully a romantic, fun, fulfilling evening. But the reason I'm laughing is is for a different reason. Not not because the book is funny. It's yeah. It, it's because we the, we've both owned this book for probably tw- 15, 20 years. And, and do you know how many of these envelopes both of us have? It, well, neither of us knew we had this book until just today. Do you know how many envelopes we've both opened up in these two books out of 101 envelopes? <laughs> two in my book. <laughs> two in mine, too. Two in mine as well. Uh-huh. And it's so funny because I, I, I can remember the two instances. So And they've been... Few and far between. Uh-huh. So we decided, did we just decide this, that we're going to draw one now and we're going to. Oh, I, I could. And we're going to do it, right? Okay. So next week we'll have to give a report on how it went. I, I could probably do that. Without, you know, it doesn't have to be. I don't know. It could be. It could be yeah, well, that's true. And so, so while you pick yours, I'll read some of the titles. Okay. So oh, for, for her eyes only, uh, night number 33 is called, it's not on the menu. Oh. And, uh, another one for her eyes only dreamy lips. Another one for, let's see here for his eyes only, uh, number 84 is erotic impulse. And so they're, they're random things that may or may not have to do specifically what, what it says on the outside. But, um, Something about that is gonna gonna create a date night or a fun night or or something for you to do with your. Hey, here's one. The pizza man always rings twice. That's for his eyes. That's number sixty three. <laughs> I wonder what that one's about. Well, it sounds like you're gonna have pizza, so at least you know it's gonna be fun for that. Well, you know what? On these envelopes, just so you know, it has a little dollar amount. And it has other icons on the bottom if there's money or food involved or travel involved. Like I see a car on one. And let's see here. Oh. One is for daytime. You need to be outside. Yes, like, it's a little sunshine. Like number 50. And, of course, it's for his eyes only. has uh-huh. $3 signs associated with it. $3 and, signs. Oh, dear Lord. With with a car <laughs> and a food symbol. <laughs> And that one's called Subliminal Seducer. Oh, uh, interesting. All uh, right. So, so, so before you even open the – oh, whoa. Now look at number 39. Oh, dear. Uh, what, what the heck is a star with a dollar sign inside of it mean? Oh, a star. That must mean yeah. more money than you have, honey. <laughs> <laughs> you got to take out a loan. Yes, take out a loan. And, and it involves a, a, a car and a fork and knife. <laughs> ah, where nobody knows your name is the theme of that night. I know. Look wow, at, a star with a dollar sign. You have to figure out, does it give a key in the front as to what that is? I don't it's know. been so long since I've looked at the I book. Know. Look, at, <laughs> look at number 37 because that one has a sun on it. Yeah, I think that means you do it during the day. Oh, it means you do it during the day. Yeah. Or does it mean you do it outside in the daylight? Or inside, Yeah, well, I guess you have to open it up and find out. Oh, it says a star with a dollar sign means it's over $100. Oh, all right. All right. Well, that's it. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Uh-huh. The rest of the icons. The car means you're going somewhere. The sun means you need nice weather. Okay. Oh, it means you need nice weather. Okay. A meal is involved. Props. Hmm. How to do it. Getting seduced. Hmm. Okay. So there's lots of lots of options here. For lots people. of options. Yep. All right. I chose mine. You did. I did. Uh, I'm choosing I chose number 19. Number 19. 
Mine is called Shwing. <laughs> no, it's not. Oh. Yes, it is. Oh, wait. I, it's not in my book. That's right. That's <laughs> the one you did. <laughs> uh, all right. I'm choosing number six. Well, uh, you know, if I choose number 63, we're off the diet. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, you can have one cheat, cheat meal, right? That, uh, that'll could. work. I could. Um Hmm. I would do, yeah, you got to do the pizza man always rings twice. Come on, you're going to get pizza out of the uh, deal. I, I will. I'll get pizza out of the deal. So, okay, here it goes. All right, so oh, next uh, week we got to report back with how our <laughs> evening went. Wow. It would take us more than a year to get through this. We still have each 97 nights to get through, right? Or well, it was really, yeah, but you, we had, that's nights. 50 apiece. But that'd be, you know, really, if you could, if you could, well, I, I'm not doing any of the women's ones. So here's the deal. Okay, here's what we got to do this week. We're going to do this one, okay? Uh And then we're going to give the book to our mates, and they're going to choose the next one. Oh, good luck with that for me. (laughs) (laughs) Got to be optimistic. Come on now. Uh, (laughs) Once that pizza man rings twice, she's not going to want to stop. So it's all going to be good. uh Uh-huh. Okay. (laughs) Okay, stop. You have to start being positive. Uh, All right. Done deal. Okay. So, darn, 41 years old. (laughs) The the fact that I bought it when I was 30-something should tell you something. Or 20-something, really. We were 20-somethings, right? Yeah. 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 And been married forever. I know. I don't think we were even married when we got that book. It would just look like something fun to do. It was fun. It is fun. It's yeah. a neat idea. Uh-huh. So we're gonna we're gonna keep it up. Cool. Okay. Well, I think that that ends our book review time. A book review is over. Uh, thank goodness. Yeah. Cue the music for the end of the book review because uh, <laughs> there'll be something there. Yes. Maybe we'll read something less. I don't know. Okay. Well, you know, actually, what prompted some of this stuff though is the fact that we've been looking today has not really been a current events podcast. Like a lot of our past podcasts have been current events oriented, you know, all this stuff is going on. Topical. Yes. I mean, and it's heavy. I mean, there's some heavy news going on. Yeah. So we want to kind of lighten it up a little bit and have some non news topics. Yeah. Uh, And, and I will throw out just a couple little news items that are happening right now. You probably heard Elizabeth Taylor died today. Yes, she wasn't on my Deadpool, damn it. Dang it. <laughs> I've missed out on so many of those now. I'm going to choose so much better next year. Uh, you know what? I, we should get a chance to redo our Deadpool. Maybe on June 1st we have, and that way, if they die in the second half of the year, maybe we only get half the points, but we half still get, points. you know. Okay, this, the dead Deadpool gets reset in June. Okay, In June. Okay, in that's June. good. Okay. But, but, I mean, come on. I got, well, when, when's the royal wedding happening? That's that's the end of April. That's the end of April. Yeah. So if our yeah if Prince Charles doesn't die by then, <laughs> well, you know the funny thing that I saw was that the carriage that they're going to be riding in, Prince William and his wife, or princess or whatever she is, whatever she's going to be, yeah, yeah. I guess she's like a whatever. Anyways, that it, they had uh, an attack on that same exact one. There's all sorts of bad things that are associated with all of the the conveyances that they've used and they're reusing those same conveyances oh interesting you know carriages cars and horses and all this kind of stuff that they've used it's you know they've had attacks on and crashes and stuff so all right well Moving on, we are going to talk about something out of psychology today because it's 
it's good stuff that people are talking about. And then that way we can talk about things that are just of general interest that might enlighten us, bring us to one of those, Hey, that's a neat idea moment. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're going to talk about it. So an article that we mutually chose was called is titled the squeaky wheel. And it was written by Guy Winch. And uh, the question is, do you speak up when you should? And so that's kind of the, the, the basis for this whole thing. You know, we've all heard the expression, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? Mm-hmm. So he's claiming that if you learn how to complain the correct way, you'll get results and you can actually improve your relationship, enhance your self-esteem. Maybe it's a company you're complaining against. You might get some monetary value out of it. There might be some benefit to you to actually speak up. Right. And that's some of the things that he talks about in here are the fact that only 5% of people actually even complain. Are you one of those 5% or are you one of the other 95 like me? You know, I think it depends on what it is. Okay. What motivates you enough to be one of the 5%? Well, usually if my spouse is upset, guaranteed I'm going to be most likely complaining. Okay. But part of me doesn't want to complain sometimes because I'm afraid I'm going to make it worse. It's like, well, I think you're right. You have a point there. Yes. Go on. You know, it's like, you know, it's already a sucky situation. I'm going to complain and they're going to like at a restaurant, you know, you're like, yeah, send it back. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, you're going to get spit on or something bad's going to happen. Yes, I agree. So it seems like that's a, a problem that people face is that they feel there's a, an issue you'll be targeted more for complaining right yes but that's they say that's not uh they say that's not really the case well have you ever worked customer service how much i mean you're you know you've always military and your private industry that you do now you've never really done much of that have you no well you know you complain about your cell phone service i call and complain but i mean there's only so much and that's the other part is that you call and deal with a lot of you know, front people in customer mm-hmm. service to complain and they don't have power to do anything anyways. Right. It's like, here's what I find to be an effective way to complain to people like that mm-hmm. is to, to say, look, I know this is not your fault or your ability. You don't even have the ability to correct this, right. but you need to understand that if you were in my shoes as a customer, you would be upset about it too. And you'd be equally upset about the fact that you're left talking to someone who can't fix or repair this for me. So I've used that tactic, and I think that garners their goodwill to you. If they understand you're not being an irrational idiot who's just complaining for the sake of complaining, you're trying to make a point, and that you don't want to see other customers suffer. And I don't want to have them to have to listen to people complaining all the time. You know? You know what, though? The best thing that you can have for a person, if you want to get your way in customer service, is have the psycho person before you complain. (laughs) They will help you out better than anybody else because then they're just ready to be done with dealing with crazy complaining people is that what you're saying well where were we i was at some place where some guy was oh we were at universal for mardi gras Uh uh-huh and this gentleman came up and the lady had we were at this restaurant and one of those you know fast food not fast food but the cafeteria style sure and so 
you were going to get some rice and beans. And they put the rice on the bean, uh, the beans on top of the rice and the chicken and everything. And the guy, after she had already poured it all together, the guy said, I do not want the beans on top of the rice. And it created okay. like this hard time for the lady. So she had to like take that food, put it aside or whatever, throw mm-hmm. it away. And I said to her, I said, I don't mind having my, I don't mind having my beans on top of my rice. So you <laughs> knock yourself out, you know, you can pile, yeah, it, pile on, it on, pile it on, <laughs> m- make it however you like. Right, right. And, okay, that's funny. And, and so it was like comedy relief for her. It just made her feel good that, yes. you know, that somebody acknowledged that, you know, she was kind of put down by this guy, kind of brought down. And I was like, no, you get brought up. <laughs> you know? Right, exactly. You don't need to be treated that way. That's it was right. an honest mistake. And the person should have spoke up sooner. That's right. And I got more beans and rice. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then it's a benefit for you because you work it. Okay, so I had a similar... Uh-huh. sort of experience, but it, I was the victim of this. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. victim is a, not the word I should use, but I was the one who experienced the, the crisis. So I'm at Starbucks, one of my favorite places mm-hmm. at universal city walk, actually. So oh, wow. we have universal stories, uh, opposite coast. Mm-hmm. And I my one of my favorite things to order now is just a regular cup of coffee with a pump of their vanilla. So that way I get the vanilla cream thing going on. Oh yeah. And not having to buy a super expensive latte. Then I just have my regular cup of Joe. Mm-hmm. So the gal prepares our order, hands me my coffee. I fix it with my Splenda and my regular cream and all that. And I go to take a drink of it, and there's no vanilla in it. Hmm. So, and I've paid for vanilla, and oh. it's 50 cents, whatever. You know, you get a little pump in there if they charge you for that. So I said, this doesn't really taste like vanilla. Did you put the vanilla in there? And she goes, well, yeah, I put it in. And I said, okay. So I took another little sip, and I'm like, I'm just not really tasting it. So instead of offering me immediately, well, let me fix that for you or let me take that from you, she's kind of debating with me. Well, I put it in. Really? And at a, yeah. star- at a Starbucks? At they a Starbucks. Did- really? They're kind of so, like, oh, no problem. We'll just redo that. That's Isn't that supposed to be your attitude? Exactly. And so then she sort of begrudgingly says, well, I guess I could put more in for you as if I've called her a liar for not doing it or whatever. (laughs) And so then I feel bad. Like I don't want her to think that she was lying about it, but I swear to goodness, I don't taste any vanilla. Uh And, and in the grand scheme of the world, this is a very small complaint, but it's an illustrated example of what we're talking about. And so I almost said, no, it's fine. I'll, you know, I'll just drink it. And JP's like poking me like, yes, let her fix it for you. It's okay to complain. That's right. Cause I'm not generally a complainer. So I said, yeah, you know what? Please put a couple more in there because I don't, I don't taste it. So who knows? And she did. And she was nice enough about it. And they didn't charge me anymore. And they didn't do anything different. And it, was, it all resolved itself. But it was that moment of I just wasn't going to go there. And I wasn't going to make her redo it because maybe it was my fault. Or maybe I didn't say it fast. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's that whole I, I'm one of the 95 percenters. I don't usually stand up for myself. So that, that was one time where I did, and it was sort of a, it had to be extracted for me to do that. But I did, and I got, I got my vanilla flavor coffee, and once she, once she put it in, I could gladly taste it. So that's an example. And we have another horrific customer service example at the Chart House Restaurant at the Golden Nugget Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas, where really? the worst service you could ever imagine, it was a group of six of us, and we all, every single one of us in the party, wrote a letter to the chart house people um, 
and explain in great detail how horrible our evening was, how horrible the manager was. I thought we were all going to get in a fist fight with this gentleman. I mean, it was just the worst night ever. Really? We all complained and not one of us got a response. Really? And that is really unusual because the article here states that, you know, generally companies will make good on complaints. And even if they're not super legit complaints, they'll, they'll just try to do it to stop you from talking about how bad your experience was. Well, you know what, though? I think now with the Internet, I think people are a little bit more um, apt to take complaints seriously, especially yeah. like if I go on a cruise, which mm-hmm. I'm, we're planning actually on going on a cruise here soon. Good for you. The, the Oasis of the Sea. Largest, nice. cru- largest cruise ship in the world. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, how fun. Caribbean yeah. or where are you going? Uh, we don't care because we're not leaving the ship for anything. Yeah, you're and, just going to have fun. Oh, yeah. good. So, so anyways, uh, the we were on another cruise. And if I had my camera, my digital camera, and was able to take videos like I can today of mm-hmm. all the problems, and you make a little uh, YouTube video because YouTube didn't even exist when we had the problem on the last cruise, you pop that up on there and say, this cruise this sucked and this is the deal. People are going to be like, well, I'm getting ready to book a cruise. I think um, that ship is not one I'm going on. That would be, yeah, you would, people would heed that, that criticism. Yes. Because it's not just filled with your bitching. It's filled with evidence. Yes. Yes. These aren't random made up things. You actually have specifics and video even yeah. of the bad stuff so that's right that's a good idea i should have ran some video that night and Ugh, uh, we were all beside ourselves angry so still so, makes me angry so get your iphone or whatever I know. actually I know. I know so anyways that's uh that's pretty much so okay so i'm gonna try to be better about that and yeah. complain when complaining is appropriate and and make it you know uh-huh. important for people to know that i'm paying for something i want what i pay for yeah i oh I want to tell you one thing about that Starbucks thing. You need yeah. you need to get a gold card from Starbucks, right? Because they'll give you free pumps. Well, I have my gold card now. Oh, you so do? that was oh, okay. before I had that. Okay. So yeah. yes. Okay, good. Yeah, I'm all registered. I'm yeah, I'm a frequent yeah. flyer. If, if you so. if you don't have a gold card and you go to Starbucks as often as we do, <laughs> yes, that... I reached my level just last week. I got the email saying oh. that I now get free pumps of whatever. So yes, let me show you. Yes, good for you. See, you have a nice one. Got your name on it. It does, and you'll get nice. one in the mail. Oh, I can't wait. And, and so, yeah, if I, if I'm not using my phone app that pops up, then I break out the gold then you card. Put, oh, the phone app too. I need to get. That. I know. <laughs> you can put it on your touch or your iPad. I could. <laughs> you could. I could. <laughs> okay. And speaking of apps, should we give a plug to the Situationist app? Sure. Let's. Get, All right. Talk about it. So I found uh, last week on. The Huffington Post Twitter feed, a little bit of an article about a new app called The Situationist. And this is based on an artistic movement. Um, The guy, his last name is Benwick. And what he was trying to do was create random interaction between strangers and how we sort of fear strangers and the media demonizes strangers that we're all supposed to be afraid of everybody. And that this particular app, you put yourself in there, you create a little profile, you put a very current accurate picture of yourself in and then you can choose from a list of situations so say you're at the grocery store you're a situationist who's registered with the site and one of the things you could choose off this list of very random very innocuous very safe things to choose from is you could choose for someone to hug you for five seconds exactly 
So if you're in the grocery store and somebody else who is a situationist and is registered with the app gets a ping on their phone or device, however they get their updates, that says in this vicinity, there's another situationist. It puts your picture up mm-hmm. and and you would be on the mission to find that person within a reasonable amount of time, five to seven minutes because people are moving. So, you know, they might move on from there if, if they're if they're there or not. Um, and then, of course, you're not expecting anything. You get a ping that someone from Situationist is on. You go find that person and you do whatever it is, their situation that they chose. So like. Some of the examples were hug for five seconds, give me the money in your left pocket, come up to me, tell me I'm beautiful, wave at me like a long lost friend, ask me for my autograph. So all of these little random, I called it like a personal little flash mob because it's just you and another person essentially, Mm -hmm. but it's a random experience. It happens out of nowhere. Um, You're not really expecting it, even though you're signed up with the website. So at this point, I have yet to be out and about and experience a pop-up where there's someone within my vicinity. But I do know that it works because I was telling it to a friend of mine and he signed up for it um, while we were talking about it. And it gave me a ping that there's somebody who's on the website in your vicinity, you should find them. So I do know that it works. Okay. So I just haven't been out and about in the real oh. world. Apparently there aren't enough people on it yet that I've encountered someone. Maybe what I'll do is I'll have some people at work do it. And that way we can... Uh... Yes, you'll find out that if they're it on. It, yeah, yes. we'll see how it actually happens because there's a zillion iPhone users out there. I'd be curious at your work that obviously you'd see those people every day. Is yeah. it going to ping every day or uh, does it, is it random? I don't, I don't know how it works. So we'll have to find that out. That'd be good to know. I, I will I will definitely. I have a few people I know that will do it. All right. Anybody who's on a, has a chance to download that app, it might be kind of fun. Okay, cool. Well, we better wrap it up. I have a. I think we both have a busy day going on, so we need yes. to get going with it. Well, we had some great stuff to talk about. Uh, we talked about speech contest. Had Congratulations a, we, again. We had an thank you. We had an awesome book review, which I think is going to continue to be great. But you know, if there's other book reviews out there, we would love to put those in. We'd love to have another person do it. Uh-huh. Enough said about that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're talking about the squeaky wheel getting That's the right. grease. And then, playing appropriately. And then finally, our condolences once again go out to the family and loved ones of Jill Johns from Montclair High School. All right. Well, you guys, everybody out there, have a wonderful week. And, Teresa, I wish you well here this week. And Thank you. So if you have a Toastmaster meeting, I hope you did knock him dead. Yeah, right. All right. <laughs> well, for TJ Talks, I'm Judd. And I'm Teresa. And we will talk to you later. Talk to you later.
you don't be talking about me on that stupid <laughs> podcast of yours. <laughs> Fun thing.